Hey y'all, welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with finales or anybody attending a Trump rally. Let's go. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap No cap. I think you've made this. We've made the same mistake as Kamala. We're we're working on Memorial Day. We're recording this pod on this sacred and holy day. I think Fox News is going to come after us for this one. It's only. It, I mean, we've referenced our inevitable canceling so many times, and I think this is the one that's going to finally do it. Adrian, you think this is going to stick? I think this one's going to stick. Working on Memorial Day. Working on Memorial Day. Well, if we had a union, we probably wouldn't have to work on Memorial Day. That's probably something we need to figure out for ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm not putting my money where my mouth is in terms of uh, <laughs> working on a unionized podcast. Look, Adrian, I'm sorry. We we can't get you dental. We just don't have the budget for it. Makes a dollar, I make a dime. <laughs> for, 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 for the audience at home, just realize that I am sitting at a literal golden throne while I say that, like... <laughs> Flipping an emerald between my fingers, sifting between my hand. Yeah, shouldn't we be? This is a mistake, right? Shouldn't we be like out floating on the river, like on a on a beach or on a on a lake? I'm not a hundred percent sure what Memorial Day is actually for celebrating. But I know Republicans were upset at Kamala, so I have to assume it's like for celebrating America. It's for celebrating uh, veterans. Oh, okay. Lost veterans, yeah. Oh, lost veterans. Okay, because Veterans Day is for if you're alive. Memorial Day is for if you died. In the war, yeah. In the war. I don't know if we have a third one for if you... Wait, this is getting into weird territory. We don't need to separate all this out. <laughs> I did actually, really randomly, I went to a restaurant yesterday that um, I was having trouble finding parking, and I realized that there were three spots open, and I looked at them, two handicapped spots, one spot specifically for Purple Heart wounded veterans. Oh, you have to have a Purple Heart. That seems specific, right? That seems like yeah. a little, like, that seems like... How often is that spot really getting taken? I think you guys can just open that up more generally. But And the long walk you have to take to the store, you got PTSD, so next time you got to use it. I'm not going to lie. That seems almost like perfect for a Seinfeld bit where George parks in that bar, in that spot and just like fakes a limp while, while walking to the restaurant. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then later, like somebody comes up to him and it like falls out of control. He's like, where do you like, serve? Yeah, where did you yeah. serve? And he's just like, oh, I was in uh, the 15th platoon. <laughs> And he's like, oh, nice. My brother was in that platoon with, uh, <laughs> you know, Johnny. <laughs> and then like two weeks later, they see him on a random street. And they get really angry. <laughs> and he's walking normal. And he's with a date. And, <laughs> and or he, was he, Yeah, he has to like have that conversation while trying to keep his date on board. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to me so much like um, like one of those kind of things where you can get a veteran discount at a uh, at a grocery store. But your country won't like actually take care of you once you come back from war. Like it's such yeah. a Paul, they only get like a couple of things. They get a cheaper movie ticket, they get a free soft drink at Tokyo Grill, and they get to park a little closer at Harris Teeter. I am on board for expanding the VA, and I will say that it feels like for conservatives being a group of people who always complain about Virtue signaling, I'm pretty sure having a veteran spot in your parking lot is virtue signaling. Just want to throw that out there. Damn. Okay. That's why when I open my grocery store, I'm going to have a trans spot. 
That would definitely be offensive, right? <laughs> I think there's like a more like some people aren't gonna want to park in that spot because it's a very illuminating place to spot to, to park as a as someone who might be uh trying to that does seem like a, that does seem like a liberal whose heart is in the right place doing something super like michael scott and cringy yeah, to put in a yeah. trans like spot in their parking that lot seems about right i do like the idea of somebody doing that though what I was going to say, though, is that I feel like um, in, in earlier, despite your like, you know, what are we actually celebrating on this day? Uh, what I was referencing is the way that people actually celebrate the long weekend, which is it's a lot of going to the beach, a lot of like hanging out on the lake all day, having a few cocktails, some that, you know, Fox News recommend in their articles. It's a lot of that. You know, it's a pretty we should be doing that today instead of doing this podcast. We should be. Um, did you do anything fun before recording or I know, you know, we have the time difference. So you usually have to record right in the smack dab middle of the day. So I think Mondays are pretty, uh, pretty taken by, by this pod, Adrian. Uh, sorry, I get to record at night. So I have a whole day before I record. That's true. That's true. It's a lot like a Liam Neeson movie. It's, it's very taken. My Mondays are. Ooh, that actually leads me right into a, I, I would like to hear the rest of it, but I will say that I watched Riders of Justice, which was very much in the canon of like Liam Neeson's Taken, but with Mads Mikkelsen as the, uh, as the driving force. It's not like Stolen, where they redid it with Nicolas Cage? No, no. This is different enough that it's more just like in the same field the same of movies, vein. but okay. it's not like by any means a ripoff. Um, no, I didn't do anything today. I just went grocery shopping. That's all I did. It's, um... So it is 106 today in Davis, and there's an excessive heat warning. 106 in Park? 106 in Park, baby. And they're like, they're coming with that heat. So there's an excessive heat warning, and uh, I'm just trying to stay inside besides going to get some groceries. That's crazy. 106 is too hot. That's that's horrible. Oh, I thought South Carolina was bad. Well, in South Carolina, it's muggy. You know, there's a humid heat. This is a dry heat. So as long as you can get into some shade, you'll be fine, honey. I've never heard of anybody make that distinction between a dry and <laughs> and moist heat. That You're the first person who's ever pointed out to me that those feel different. I'll tell you what. I think of weather like wings. You can get them dry or wet. And over here, we got like a nice lemon pepper. But in South Carolina, whew, that is a saucy buffalo. That's interesting because I think a lot of people don't know about lemon pepper other than from the Atlanta episode where the whole point is that they have the wet lemon pepper. So this might not resonate with people lemon who think pepper wet lemon. implies the existence of lemon pepper dry, which is and that is a service I am willing to that's a service <laughs> I'm willing to provide. <laughs> You'll lick the sauce off my wet lemon pepper. I'll dab it off dry. for you and then just like suck on the napkin. You know how it is. But it is funny because one time I ordered lemon pepper wings and my roommate went, oh, because of the Atlanta episode, I was like, no, lemon pepper wings are a normal yeah, type of wing. The Atlanta just... <laughs> episode was about the wet variety, which is a unique and different type of wing. Yeah, JR Cricket, shout out to y'all. Did you like Stone Mountain? Childish Gambino's mixtape? But I don't remember it. That was the one that was with Kawhi, right? It was uh, yeah. not Kawhi. <laughs> with Kawhi <laughs> with, Leonard. Uh, yeah. No, it did have, it was, it was like, it, like, he came out with, like, a second part that was, like, the chill Kawhi part of it or something like that. Oh, so it was called Kawhi. I thought that island was called something different and I was just being a dunce. No, I don't think so. But, no, the, my only critique of it at the time was that it was just, um, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover was very heavy-handed at making sure you knew from his rap lyrics that he was from Atlanta. And I just remember it coming off, like, a little bit, uh, little, little, little try-hard. Childish Gambino? Trying coming hard? Off a little charred? <laughs> try-hard? A little charred? Never. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I still use like those like references. I imagine eating at a Stone Mountain restaurant with Donald Glover 
is the most obnoxious experience of somebody's life. If he invites you to dinner in his hometown, you know he's he's doing that K and Peel bit where he's he's getting like the pig's feet and the oh and the, yeah. Like, uh, well, he's doing that, and he's also just like making up stuff. Like he's picking up the fresh from the fryer fries, like picking it, putting it in his hands, and being like, "Yo, if you're really from Atlanta, you know we put the ketchup on the bottom, so you got to just hold the fries for a minute <laughs> while you put the you put that ketchup down." <laughs> His hand is burning. <laughs> it's just like fire red. And he's just like, we got to get that ketchup base down there, though, if you're going to be doing this. And you know, like when the waitress comes up and she has like a Dave tag off that says like whatever her name is, like Clarissa. He's just like, Clarissa from back in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> you won't. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about this. If you're really from Atlanta, you'd know. But you ain't. You ain't from Atlanta. You'd know. You'd know. That's Clarissa. <laughs> it was that. And then also, like, I still use some of his like pinpoint references to make jokes about like um i don't know people talking about being going to atlanta for a conference and i'm like hey you gotta go to, you gotta go to follies man that's where they got the international bitches you know what i'm talking about if you go into a strip club you gotta go to follies <laughs> um so i still use some of those little uh bits of ammunition for for my comedy bits so similar to me not knowing the pronunciation of that mixtape i did want to correct uh something from a previous episode which you'd already corrected me we had a bit of a laugh about my mispronunciation of abe as abe mm-hmm. shinzo abe mm-hmm. There was a second thing to correct in there that he's no longer the not. prime minister. He's no longer yeah. prime minister of Japan. It is now because he got peed on by Biden's dog. You're right. Wait, that's not true. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> it is now Yoshiada Suga. I think he came down with an illness, and so somebody else from his uh, yep. right wing party had to take over. Yep, yep, yep. Wow, Paul, all about politics. You can't just let him be a great man. He has to be a right wing man. Well, he is from the Liberal Democratic Party in Japan, but uh, over there, they're not insane, so they recognize that that's the uh, right-wing party. It's also hard because, like, inter- like, doesn't Australia also have a thing where, like, they have the Labour Party and the Green Party, and I don't remember which one's actually the left-wing party, and then they have, like, the, you know, just, like, out-and-out conservative party? Yeah, a lot of countries have Green Parties that are, like, somewhat more left, but not the most leftist party in that country. Obviously, yeah. that's kind of hard for us to envision in America with, like, our with our two-party system. That they can have, like, multiple left parties. Yeah. But, I mean, shouldn't they just be more clear, though? Why is it have to? Why is it that I have to figure out what, like, a Tory and a Johnny and a, and a Bobby and a, and a, and a, and a who's a what's is? Why, why can't they just, like, be transparent? Yeah. And who the national socialists are and who the democratic socialists are. It's too confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, wasn't there, like, an original track of thinking before I got into Stone Mountain that we were supposed to be talking about? Oh, wings, lemon pepper, dry, heat weather okay it's all coming back to me baby it is hot that was what i was trying to say it's hot up in this bitch and that's why i'm doing nothing today and now we're back so i think you, you want to get into uh, media roundup or anything yeah like i said i watched uh i watched riders of justice with mads mickelson it was a fun watch it was a uh, kind of silly would you call it like a fun romp for the whole family no it's it's a revenge film about his wife dying at the beginning and he has to and he has to take justice into his own hands Okay, let's see. For me, I had a um, okay time watching the Champions League final. I wasn't super excited for it because it was two English teams. I don't really care about English football. But I think it was a missed opportunity. I was a little hungover that day because I got a little too excited at a couple hangouts over the last few days. So I didn't take the time to actually go out and find somewhere where I could watch it live. And I was very excited to have that like live. I've said it before on podcasts, like the live experience of watching a Champions League with a bunch of people in a pub is a real beautiful experience so sad i missed out on that but it was a generally entertaining final and shout out to chelsea for winning that that was good 
the only other thing I have written down is a shit starter from the bathroom to the chat room. Is that a thing we need to discuss? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? You called yourself a shit starter. And I yeah, said, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's how you live your life from the bathroom to the chat room. So that's what it's going to say in my business cards. I think I realized no matter what I what field I go into, the little tagline is going to be Adrian Perez shit starter from the bathroom to the chat room. <laughs> That's cute. I like it. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's that's all. That's all I got. Um, I guess I have a couple things. Um, before we go into the theme, I, I will say that I got my article this week by looking at a BuzzFeed art article where they uh, interviewed a few advice columnists. So I got a couple interesting quotes that I don't know where we could talk about them or discuss them. So I figured I'd just throw them out now. I do like that uh, Doctor Nerdlove specifically describes a particular type of question that he gets a lot when he was asked that question of like, "What's a very common question you get oftentimes?" And so. He's addressing the, I have a relationship and everything's perfect, but there's one issue question, which Paul and I have discussed on pod before. Mm -hmm. Quote, I call these the Sir Mix-a-Lot questions. Everything's great. Now here comes a huge but. And that but is always something or a long string of things that invalidate pretty much all the good things that their relationship supposedly has. Yep. That is, that's, that's a common advice column you get. So I felt a little validated that someone who's really in the game uh, not only knows it, but did what, you know, people who are experts do, which is he gave it a little a catchy little name, catchy little uh, coin of phrase. Okay. Okay. What was his name? Sorry. I kind of like just. Oh, Sir Mix-a-Lot questions. Sir Mix-a-Lot questions. Because gotcha. they have a big butt. Oh, okay. That makes. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Other than that. Uh, just a couple insights from that, which, of course, as everyone knows, this podcast is not about me and Paul. It's not about our interests. It's not about our friendship. It's not about the world and our views. It's about advice columns. Number one, first and foremost. And so what's our theme for today, baby? What are we getting into? I think narrative arcs, but I'm not sure I really care to like, do you want do you have anything you want to say about narrative arcs? This is one where I think it's kind of cool that we have found columns that fit into it. But like, it's about it's about, it's about resolutions. resolutions yeah it's about resolution it's about a sense of completion it's about something coming to a tip it's about getting an end to a story in a situation where you usually don't get the end of the story yeah advice columns are famously like that you you get to hear right before the climax of the story but you don't usually get the climax yes which is what it's like no nope, i'll make a sex joke i was literally just about to say i'm not gonna make a sex joke about that <laughs> <laughs> i guess one of us here is a better man um very quickly i thought we could do this because we discussed it earlier but just to go through them for our audience and as a little teaser to be like hey maybe check out our back catalog if you're just getting into this uh episode one we had a storyline about gift cards and a controversy in my grad school stuff no resolution mm -hmm. to that they just kept doing the corporate gift cards because i think that was the easier way to do it um episode two we did a topical tip on call her daddy and the drama that was going on there um I don't know about anything else that happened there. I think um, one of them fucked Logan Paul. Yeah, one of them fucked Logan Paul. Uh, I forget which one. And then the, also Alex just released uh, the final episode of the season. And the fan base of that podcast are such morons that the fact that it said season finale freaked them all out because they saw the word finale and thought the show was ending. Um yeah, that's all that's happening with Caller Daddy. No, no big updates. Cool. Episode three, we had a topical tip about uh, TikToker Pizzagate. All that has been resolved. There's no more new conspiracy series. Uh, Unless you want to start some. Uh, I know that I, w I was just, well, I'm not, I wasn't just uh, told about this. My sister uh, sent me a text about how there's a uh, Backyardigan song that has uh, become a big thing on TikTok. And um, 
Just going to say for all you fake fans out there, I've been a day one with Backyardigans, even though I was clearly out of their target age range. It was a show for <laughs> kindergartners. I got into it in seventh grade. Still loved it. Holds up. Great show. They got some bangers on that show. I can see why they're cool. getting on TikTok with that. Uh, and then we had a topical tip. We we did we we were really heavy on topical tips when we first started this show. Um, <laughs> so again, like fourth in a row, topical tip about Kanye's uh, presidential bid. Yeah, sadly, uh, he's uh, getting a divorce from Kim Kardashian West. Uh, I guess she's going to be Kim Kardashian again. Mm. Um, and Kim Kardashian was recently seen with Drake and Kanye Champagne Poppy. No longer Champagne Poppy. And Kanye was seen without his wedding band on wearing a weird mask mm. <laughs> is the last news story I saw about Kanye. Okay, from episode, can someone check on Kiki's dog? We did a topical tip about Taco Bell revamping their menu and released a YouTube video in which we, in that episode, correctly predicted uh, a new item at Pizza Hut. The potatoes came back, back in March. Mm-hmm. And then they released, they decided to enter into the chicken sandwich wars in the best way they know how, which is to make a chicken-based taco. Um, okay, and then I think this is when we started going away from, yeah, so we have, we did a BuzzFeed quiz, then we did the dad versus dad segment, which I think fundamentally changed the game for us <laughs> for a while. That was a real hot way to start doing our third segments. Um, dad versus dad was such a good segment. Shout out to you, Andrew. Thank you for bringing that in. No problem. It's really inspired some pretty good segments. We had a etiquette quiz, early internet quiz. Um... Ooh, the horror I like how episode. you can really see the phases we go through from like name versus name to quizzes <laughs> yeah. from topical tips. That was true. That was during quarantine where I had a lot of free time because I would like I think I got permission from my PI to just like take a mental health break for a few months. And I was like, all right, I'm going to make a quiz for this episode <laughs> and for the next <laughs> one. Um, shout out to Bry Guy for letting me do that. Um, then there's, yeah, Dora versus Dora. Uh, we ranked Thanksgiving size. That was our first ranking third segment. Um, and then we had a third segment, a uh, topical tip about President Trump getting a Twitter timeout, which we'll talk about later. And I think that might be, aside from a couple recent ones, our last uh, topical tip, except for all of the ones that we did with Joe Biden's dog, which that story is still up in the air. Yeah, there's no resolution to that. And I don't think there ever will be. Those dogs are going to be they're going to be a menace, a menace to society until they, <laughs> until they, they die. die. Um, yeah. All right. So, Paul. Anything else you want to say about mm. resolutions, about resolutions to this podcast, resolutions to any uh, any favorite resolutions? I know you famously were watching Sopranos earlier. Is that your favorite TV series finale? Uh, I never actually finished that show. It's a little bit overrated by uh, by Twitter, guys. It was really good. It didn't hook me to the point where I like, I think at one point I just petered out watching it around like season four. And so now you're watching The West Wing? Yeah, yeah, which I love. What a perfect show. There's no show better than The West Wing. Uh, the characters. I've never seen an episode. The at characters. All. <laughs> My favorite character, Weston Wing. <laughs> Weston Wing. <laughs> the star of West Wing. <laughs> all right. So do you want to get into some articles about resolutions? I do. Well, what I got for y'all today is, uh, I think our first, maybe not, I think we've done Prudy in two in a row, but um, we're going to double up on Ask a Manager after last week's episode, and I've got a little bit of a doozy of a of an article. So this is Allison Green from Ask a Manager. Like I said, I found this from a BuzzFeed article where they interviewed all of these advice columnists. And one thing that I thought was interesting is that we've made fun of Allison for being like a really boring HR type before. But in the interview, she comes across quite, I don't know, charismatic. So it's, it's, it's interesting to me that she like chooses to like take on this affect to be a big old manager type. 
But let's see if there's something a little bit more spicy in this one. A co-worker stole my spicy food, got sick, and is blaming me. That sounds awesome. I love it. Alrighty. A reader writes, We have a fridge at work. Up to this point, nothing I had in it was stolen. Parentheses, I am quite new, and others have told me that this was a problem in the past. End parentheses. My food is always really, really spicy. I just love it that way. Anyway, I was sitting at my desk when my coworker came running out, having a hard time breathing. He then ran to the bathroom and started being sick. Turns out he ate my clearly labeled lunch. Parentheses. It was also in a cooler lunchbox to keep it cold from work to home, as it's a long drive. End parentheses. There was nothing different about my lunch that day. In fact, it was just leftovers from my dinner the night before. Fast forward a day and my boss comes in asking if I tried to poison this person. Of course, I denied that I had done it that I had done so. I even took my current day's lunch and let my boss taste a bit. He was blown away by how spicy it was, even though he took only a small bite. I then proceeded to eat several spoonfuls to prove that I could eat it with no problem. He said not to worry, and that it was clear to him that I didn't mean any harm. My coworker shouldn't have been eating my food, etc, etc. I thought the issue was over. A week later, I got called up to HR for an investigation, claiming that I did in fact try to harm this person, and that the investigation was still going on. What confuses me here is that nothing was said about how this guy was stealing my lunch. When I brought it up, they said something along the lines of, we cannot, pr- we cannot prove he stole anything. I am confused at this. I thought the proof would be clear. My boss is on my side, but HR seems to be trying to string me up. The behavior is quite aggressive. Even if my boss backs me up, they just ignore everything he says. As in, he would say, that's clearly not the case, and the HR lady wouldn't even look in his direction and continue talking. On top of this, HR claims that it would be well within said worker's rights to try and sue me. The way it was said seemed to suggest that they suggested this was his course of action to take. How can someone be caught stealing my lunch and then turn around and say I was in the wrong? I don't understand it at all. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid that I'll lose my job over this. Is there any advice you can give? <laughs> I mean, this one is one, you know, like, uh, it's it's almost too crazy to make jokes about because the whole thing is like, it's blatantly ridiculous on its face. There's no proof that he tried to steal it. Yeah, that is a weird. So, okay, this has to be that HR likes him, either they're friends or she for some reason feels indebted to him. That he's more important right? to the company. The- He's more important to the company, or she's just personal friends with him, mm. or secret lovers. Mm. Um, oh, is that your advice to the audience, then, is fuck HR? Fuck HR. You always want to stay on their good side. Yeah, lay though. pipe around the HR department, and you're always going to be <laughs> on the good. Okay, I like that idea. Uh, they're very receptive to sleazy jokes, uh, offers to take them out after work. HR loves that type Repetitive of stuff. harassment. It's all of their favorite things. <laughs> Yeah, like if one of them is uh, male or female is wearing a revealing piece of clothing, make sure to comment on that. Mm. This is just good workplace behavior tips. Um, but moving on to this like specific scenario instead of just let's general let's advice, take the side of the of the letter writer. It's what do you call it? It is weird that they're saying that she has no specific proof he ate her lunch, but they have specific proof proof that she maliciously made her lunch too spicy. Yeah, <laughs> which is. So obviously nonsensical that there has to be something else going on. It's good that her boss is defending her, which means that it must like and you think that her boss enough. is defending her, yeah, and she likes her job. So I guess it's a job worth keeping. But like, I don't know at what point you just have to like say, I guess like you know I've lost this situation. There's something weird going on. No, like, no, no, not my advice at all. I think if I've learned from anything, which uh, did you read either of the two articles I sent you yesterday? No. Okay, if I learned anything from that second article, and this is about articles about 
scientific fraud allegations and stuff that Paul and I like to keep up with and talk about in the in the field. I think what I learned from one of them is that lawyer up and then seek advice from multiple lawyers. And I think there will be some obvious things where it's like they're saying this and like there's no actual grounding where they can do anything for you based on like oh obviously they're wrong and if you have the money to fight it go ahead but i mean it depends on how much like what your salary is go to r slash legal advice ask your question and get some good ass legal advice no because then you get just a bunch of people who are like their advice is either ask a lawyer or it's just obviously wrong like not a good subreddit but then that teaches you what not to do Do you want to say anything about how funny it was how she proved to her boss that it wasn't yeah. so but she was like, look, I can take a bite. That's uh, <laughs> like yeah, sitting there like, with her spoon shoveling it into her mouth. She's like, look, it doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> like the fact that the impetus fell on her to have to do that to prove it to him is so funny. Like <laughs> her boss was like, well, okay, you can eat it fine. But sometimes after I eat spicy foods, I have these like really spicy shits that hurt. I want to make sure that's not happening to you. So I'm going to have to go with you into the bathroom <laughs> and just take a real close look. <laughs> Yeah. I know, it doesn't even feel like worth commenting on the obvious stuff, because it's so beyond the pale. It's like, what is there to comment on? This is like when it's the advice column of, like, my, like, you know, my, like, boyfriend shot me, should I leave him? And it's just like, what's even the point on commenting? He's really kind and attentive on most days. Yeah. (laughs) I'm excited that this one with the resolution, because it's one where you do want to hear the answer. You do want to hear what happened. And since we are doing Uh, that and the resolution, I figured we can go ahead into the... Oh, answer? Unless you want to... I was going to say, I haven't read the answer at all. I'm really hoping that something scandalous comes out about HR's connection to this guy. Why are they... I don't want just a resolution of the right thing happening and them going, oh, you're not in trouble. I want a resolution of figuring out why they were acting so irrational Mm. and so uh, biased. Here is Allison Green's answer. What? This makes no sense. You are allowed to enjoy an unusually high level of spiciness, and as a fellow spice enthusiast, I commend you for it. Oh, I didn't comment on that. Yeah, I agree. I do. I do. I do like spicy food. And I think a, lo- a lot of the food I eat would be offensive to people's palates. But we know Allison Green ain't eating spicy food. Oh, obviously, not. you know, Allison just Green is like, yeah, she's like, I once ate a jalapeno slice and I had a crazy ass day. She likes like the really buttery uh, buffalo sauce. And she thinks that's like really spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think Allison Green is a real spice lord. But who knows? Maybe one day she'll be on hot ones. And she'll be able to prove me wrong. When, when do you think, who do you think is going to be the first advice columnist to go on Hot Ones? Us. Dan Levy. That was the right answer. He's, he's already been Dan on. Dan Savage. No, Dan Levy's already been on. Me. Paul, I, I gave you the answer. You don't, you don't have to keep guessing. Ask Amy. You are not required to make sure that your own personal lunch doesn't contain anything that might offend a coworker's palate, as your coworker should not be eating your food without any invitation. <laughs> She used the spice that tasted like soap in her, <laughs> like he just had cilantro for the first time in his life, and he's like, she was trying to poison me. This guy, if he gets away with it, I'm just imagining that later he comes to her and he's like, can you stop putting olives on top of your pizza <laughs> when you put it in the fridge? Uh, otherwise, I'm gonna have to go to HR again. I'm almost pretty sure that's a bit of it in like a uh, sitcom, like maybe Workaholics, where like someone was eating out of the fridge and like he started giving people like recommendations for how to prepare the food. <laughs> The only way their stance could possibly make sense is if they're alleging that it wasn't your lunch at all, and that it belonged to your coworker, and you secretly dumped a toxic level of spice into it. Is that what they're saying? Because otherwise, this is bizarrely illogical. And what's your coworker saying in all of this? Is he trying to claim that it was his lunch all along? In any case, 
I think the way to handle this would be to go a bit on the offensive, which is warranted based on how aggressive HR is being. I'd go back to them and say this. I'm extremely concerned by what's been said about this. The food in question was my personal lunch, brought in for me and for me only. The spiciness of my food should not be anyone's concern, and I'm distressed that I'm being accused of in any way intending to harm someone else because I packed a very spicy lunch. I take my professional reputation very seriously, and I'm concerned that this bizarre story is impacting it. I'd like your assurance that the company does not intend to penalize me for eating spicy food at lunch. I'd also put a similar message in writing and email it to them, quote, to document our conversation from earlier today. Sometimes ridiculous people back down when they see that you're taking a standing up for yourself seriously. I'd also ask your boss what the hell he thinks is going on. Does he think that you have anything to worry about? If he's confident that you don't, and if his judgment is usually pretty good, then I suppose you can just let HR's weird spiciness policy play out and ignore it as best as you can. Your company's HR is terrible. Yeah, I basically agree with that. She's right on all fronts. Um, It's also the only thing I would add is keep receipts because it seems like they're being so absurd to the point that it might be like negligent to where if you do go to a lawyer or something, you might Mm -hmm. have like a case. And if you have receipts, it might help you get like a a settlement or a claim. That's the other thing I learned from that article is uh, keep the receipts, keep the emails and uh, try and get stuff in writing if you can. Yeah. I mean, it literally seems like they're acting so inappropriately and illogically that like you you would have like recourse to some sort of workers rights organization or so under some sort of workers rights law you'd have some sort of recourse but i mean i don't know these things as they would say on r slash ask a lawyer i am not a lawyer mm. uh, uh, do not take my advice as law but it does feel absurd enough that there should be something covering you hopefully <laughs> And if you have receipts, that's helpful. So before we get to the update, Paul, is there any other kind of guesses you want to give out for what the scenario might be? I really think this guy has a relationship with somebody in HR, whether it's like romantic or he's just friends or he's just really valuable to the company in a way that like they want to take his side for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not sure. Do you have any guesses? Have you read the answer or the update? I have not. I got the gist of what the answer is, but I have not actually. So original article was July 25th, and she got an update out on October 14th of the same year. Update. A coworker stole my spicy food, got sick, and is blaming me. Remember the letter writer in July whose coworker stole his spicy food, got sick, and blamed him for it? Oh, I guess this was a guy the whole time. I don't know why we kept saying Yeah, my sheep. bad. And HR was blaming him too? Here's the kind of amazing update. Oh, did not expect this first part. I ended up being fired by HR awesome jesus as she said there was enough of a case to get rid of me before the top boss came back i consulted a lawyer who sent a letter to the company informing them that i was considering legal action the letter contained the reasons for doing so and an account of what happened okay so first right out the gate super surprised she actually got fired that's awesome i'm so curious she took my advice of getting legal action lawyer up any other impressions from that no i really want to hear more i don't got time to give you my impressions i need to know (laughs) One week later, I got a call from the guy who owns the company asking me to come back with an apology. Both the HR woman and the thief had been let go. He also gave me a very generous raise. I assumed to gloss over everything. I accepted and am now back at work. I would have asked for a signing bonus too in that situation. A raise is not enough. You want like... No, 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 Paul. You ask for a mini fridge next to your desk. That's what you get. Yeah, because you could still be fired later. I want like uh, I want like thirty k on the table. Man, Paul's making money moves. Okay, my man. <laughs> Paul's walking in there with his red bottoms. Just 
thirty k. I don't. I don't get out of bed for less than thirty k on the table. <laughs> Damn. Okay. They definitely had a relationship when they both got fired. I hope it goes into that more. As much as I hate to go based on office talk, it seemed that the HR woman and the food thief may have been romantically involved. Paul, okay, a little detective over there, okay, my man, all right, all right, a little Sherlock over there, okay. Do my little dance. Do a little dance, do a little victory dance, Paul figured it out. They were seen a lot outside working together, etc., so I assumed that it was her protecting him. She may have believed him and thought that I was trying to frame him or something, who knows, I doubt I'll get an answer now. Right now, I'm working in the previous position with almost double my paycheck, so it's a great turnaround. The boss also opened more doors for me, offering different training courses that I'll be paid for. It's obviously to keep me happy and to stop me from taking any legal action, but what more can I ask for? Something unreasonable happened, and it's been more than corrected. I'd have been happy just having my job back. I'd rather not have gone through the whole thing at all, though. I just hope I never have to experience this kind of thing again. I really don't have a support group, so I was on the edge of losing my apartment, etc. Anyways, thanks for the advice. I had nowhere to turn. Wow. Yeah, that's real, yeah. It's bleak yeah, for yeah. a bit in that for how part. For how happy it was and how happy for, you know, I was dabbing doing my little dance at the beginning of that because I was happy for her and happy that I got it right. Um, I, it's it's sad that I had to take the turn of like, wow, we're so atomized and and separated in this modern world that I had no community to turn to. Yeah, literally, like he just ended the question with like, this was <laughs> This could have, like, ruined me and left me homeless. Yeah. And it reminds you of how unfair things can be. All right. So I'm bringing in a column from the 90s. Ooh, bring it back to the 90s. Ask Marilyn by Marilyn Voss Savant. So she had the status as a world's smartest woman, and she wrote an advice column for Parade magazine. Now, there is some other pre-existing information you need about this column adrian are you aware of the monty hall problem yes okay uh for the audience uh old game show and also it's a common math problem based off the old game show or a statistics problem which is you're on a game show somebody's there's three doors one of them has a prize one of them has a goat behind the door and the third one has nothing behind it and the thing is you pick which door you want them to open the host goes are you sure you want that door open? Then he goes, okay, you want door two open? All right, so th one of them has a goat. One of them has nothing behind it. Let's see what's in front of door number three. They open it. There's nothing there. The The statistics or math problem is, are you better off switching doors after that? Or does it not matter at all? A lot of people's gut reaction is to say it doesn't matter. It's a 50-50 chance. I didn't realize that there was a live goat in the original problem. It couldn't wouldn't, Isn't the right answer just to listen for a goat behind one of the doors? <laughs> You know, Adrian, a lot They're of... not particularly quiet animals. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, if, if this does remind you of anything, I'm sure it's been like parodied to death. It's probably been in a Simpsons episode, but it is a central part of the beginning of the movie 21, where like it proves his like probability like abilities as he uh, gets the answer right. And so the reason the answer is actually it's better off to switch doors is that it's not a 50-50 chance is because the host is actually giving you some hidden information. And the thing a lot of people actually leave out of asking the question is that the host knows where the goat and the prize are, and he's purposefully picking an empty door. So that's information he's given you. The best way I've ever heard it explained is imagine there was 100 doors, uh, 99 of them were empty, one of them had a prize, and you you picked one door, and then he opened up 98 doors that had nothing behind them, 
and then said, do you want to switch to the other empty door or stick with yours? You'd be better off switching to the other door than sticking with yours because he's given you some hidden information. Does that make sense? I think that made it make less sense to me. There's a hundred doors. There's only one of them with a prize behind it. So wait, do you, do you choose the first door? You choose the first door. Okay. After you choose the first door, there's a hundred doors. He opens 98 of them, shows you that there's nothing behind them, and says, would you like to switch doors or stick with the first door you chose? Mm-hmm. Obviously, in that situation, it makes sense yeah. to switch. Because what were the chances you got? Because it's much more highly likely that you picked the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the first that time, it's so much yeah. more likely that you picked the wrong one. So once you increase it sense. to 100 doors, it makes it really obvious why it makes sense to switch. Mm-hmm. So the goat's a diversion. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it's not just all empty and then one prize is a diversion. The reason they put the goat with the three is because it's funnier for there to be an option where you, uh... Where you really, you not only lose, but you have to take care of a goat for the rest of its life. <laughs> where you have to take care of a goat for the rest of its life. <laughs> Make some real good curry. So, also, sorry if my mic is picking up children playing. There's a lot of children yelling outside my uh, door. Oh, I thought you were, that was a cat for a second. I'm going to close honest. my blinds because I think they're also playing with flashlights and it's starting to flash in the room. Paul, can you not just let those kids flourish and live their lives? I am. I'm not, I'm not going to go out there and yell at them. Of course, I would never do that. Mm-hmm. that's wrong so anyway somebody wrote into her asking her about that problem in the uh in 1990 so they wrote in to mrs von savant and their question was suppose you're on a game show and you're given the choice of three doors behind one door is a car behind the other goats you pick a door say number one and the host who knows what's behind the other door opens another door say number three which has a goat he then says to you do you want to pick door number two is it your advantage to take the switch? She replied by saying, yes, you should switch. The first door has a one-third chance of winning, but the second door has a two-third chance. Which was, um, correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Now, what makes this such an interesting column is, uh, is the replies she got to it. Quick meta question. Is this what most of her column is like, or do people actually ask real questions? Her column isn't very available online. The reason this one is still up is because so many people wrote articles about how crazy the, like, the amount of people who okay. wanted to mainsplant to her over letters. Because I'm just really, like, wondering if, like, the the next column was like, hey, what's up? Um, My friend Johnny has six apples. I have five apples. My friend Tina has four <laughs> apples. If we all, like, trade one apple and then, like, our train is going at 50 miles per hour this direction, but there's another train with other apples coming this direction, how many apples are we going to have at the end of the day? We're trying to figure out because we need a pie. Look, Miss Fon Savant. I, I am I am the owner of a fine B&B establishment with an infinite number of rooms. Now, suppose that every room is full of patrons and one more patron appears and asks to be allowed to stay in my establishment. Can, can, can I let him in? And she's like, oh, yeah, you just ask every uh, you just ask every person who's already staying in a room to just go one room to the right and an infinite number of rooms can always fit one more one more guest even if there's if they're all filled that's a uh really boring one <laughs> now madam <laughs> i do declare if a zoink is a zinc but a zinc isn't necessarily a zap but i have three zaps and i know that they may be zoinks if i have six of these zincs and i know at least one of them's a zoink how many zaps do i have now miss von savant I, I i i am a map color rope 
and I would like to color a map with only four colors without any color being on the border representing two nations bordering each other have sharing a single color. Is this possible? Now, Miss Von Savant, I must ask you in this court of law, if I'm trying to figure out the gender of a frog that I'm trying to mate with, and they have a croak, and that's the only way you're able to distinguish between males and females, you know what? Just watch the Ted Ed video, and then watch the commentary videos of people describing how it doesn't make any sense. Miss Von Savant. And then report back to me. <laughs> I live in a town with an odd number of bridges. Between an island and the rest of the town. I would like to know if I can, on a Sunday stroll, cross each bridge an even number of times and return to my original spot, having crossed every bridge and never having crossed the same bridge twice. Now, Miss Savant, I must ask you. If I got a chicken, a wolf, and a bag of rice, and I gotta cross a bridge with a single boat that only holds three of us... What am I to do? Now, Miss Von Savant, are there an infinite number of primes that are only two numbers away from each other, otherwise known as twin primes? That was too short. They didn't give you enough time to think of one. <laughs> <laughs> and you chose one you already had in the pocket. <laughs> now, Miss Savant, if I find out that uh, um, uh, the, the doctor's a woman... <laughs> I have been in the car crash. Explain that to me, Miss of all. If the, if the doctor says that's my son, how am I supposed to reconcile that with the fact that all doctors are men? Is that going to resonate with anyone? Did anyone understand I anything? Think, I think that. You know what? Sound off in the comments. Leave a five star review with how many of those you got. <laughs> um. Okay, that was too much for me. I need to refill my drink. It was drink. also Voss Savant <laughs> this whole time, but yeah, I'm going to go grab another drink. It was not Voss okay. Savant. <laughs> well, I, I took your lead. <laughs> All right, where are, we, where, are we, where, are we, where are we now? So, famously, what makes this column so interesting um, is that after... I think it's already very interesting. After she did that very short and accurate reply, she got over 10,000 letters correcting her. Goddamn. So... Remember, this woman is... All from Paul. All, all from me. I was a very smug baby. <laughs> uh, remember, this woman is considered incredibly intelligent. Well, if you believe IQ is like a... Which she doesn't, uh, but I guess she, like, just that's her claim to fame. But she also is somebody who, like, even though she has the highest IQ in the world, always mentions that she didn't really think it's a very useful metric. Oh, that's good. I like that. Um, so here, here's just a sampling, and I often mock uh, the academic community as being full of themselves and not as intelligent as they think they are. So here's a sampling of people who are PhDs correcting her. Scott Smith, PhD from the University of Florida. You blew it. Oh, well, let's dismiss this guy, <laughs> University of Florida. <laughs> Actually, two of them are from University of Florida. You blew it, and you blew it big. Also, they're all men, which is just so... Ah, beautiful like Cherry the mansplaining this was in the 90s they had to write a letter like they had to pull out their like quill and ink i think that's what they used in the 90s and write this out by candlelight to send to her to let her know how wrong she was oh god and what i do agree is that it is one of the most salient examples of mansplaining as you've described i can't remember what it was where like i was like explaining how like honeybee colonies work to somebody and they said it was like mansplaining and i was like at one point is it just like i'm 
an expert on something yeah <laughs> a lot of times i think mansplaining is people reading too much into like pretty generic conversations yeah. but this is a pretty clear-cut case of somebody like being unfairly yeah, yeah, yeah. targeted because of their gender absolutely i went to, i went to my class and this professor he's a man he's standing up there he's mansplaining physics 101 to me this whole period i went to this anthropology class with this professor and he would not stop mansplaining <laughs> Oh. That is an extra layer to that joke. That's punch up. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You know a lot of my jokes need to be refined. So Sm Scott Smith, PhD from Florida, you blew it, and you blew it big. Since you seem to have difficulty grasping the basic principles at work here, I'll explain. After the host reveals a goat, you now have a one in two chance of being correct. Whether you change your selection or not, the odds are the same. There is enough mathematical illiteracy in this country, and we don't need the world's highest IQ propagating more shame exclamation point holy shit <laughs> what a what okay i just realized i made that hopefully the anthropology joke stays in it wasn't a particularly good one but also this is literal like anthropologists need to look at the connections between how people write their answers now and how people write their like feedback then like not only is it like the shame at the end but then also this like idea of like this one person who gives an advice column who wrote this one very esoteric answer to a question that no one's going to read is like, hey, you doing this is actively harming the world. Like he is one step away from like in modern culture, he would be like, I'm writing your boss. I'm going to get you canceled. Like and like there's no sense of scale of like, yes, I agree that like anti-intellectualism is a problem, but this is not contributing to it, whether or not she got the answer right or wrong. Like and she got Jesus it right. Fuck. Once again, so beautiful. Oh, Jesus. Okay, Charles Reed, PhD, also from University of Florida. I assume these two people talk to each other. <laughs> also, Paul, I assume that part of the updates is that we, we're updating uh, these people's careers as well and how they're doing. I, you know, I haven't looked into that. Maybe I should. <laughs> no, that's too much. We can't do that. Uh, may I suggest that you obtain and refer to a standard textbook on probability before you try to answer a question of this type again? <sighs> Uh, w. Robert Smith, PhD from Georgia State University. I am sure it's all Southern men. I'm glad we did the Southern accents before because we were spot on with who's responding. <laughs> I am sure you will receive many letters on this topic from high school and college students. Perhaps you should keep a few addresses for help with future columns. Okay, that one had some sass to it. I kind of like that one. That was good. Just like if, if only just to like take that up for later. Yeah, that's not bad. Okay, uh, next we have Georgetown University, E-Ray mm. Bobo. <laughs> E-Ray Bobo, PhD from Georgetown. You are utterly incorrect about the game show question, and I hope this controversy will call some public attention to the serious national crisis in mathematical education. <laughs> oh my god, again with that, dude. If you can admit your error, you will have contributed constructively towards the solution of a deplorable situation. How many irate mathematicians are needed to get you to change your mind? <laughs> it's awesome that it's all bad. Shout out to my kings. <laughs> Just being... <laughs> Shout out to my brother. Shout out to my PhD brother. <laughs> Just being the biggest Really asses. making the world... <laughs> really, if there's anyone who's making the world a better place, it's them. <laughs> Certainly. Oh These people suck so much. I guess this was me just mere weeks ago not believing Coco could uh, could speak sign language. Um, uh, there's Everett Harmon, PhD from the U.S. Army Research Institute. You made a mistake, but look at the positive side. If all these PhDs are wrong, the country would be in some very serious trouble. 
Oof. Bad, bad, bad foreshadowing there. Yikes. All I'm saying is that if you're wrong, that has serious implications for which door we're bombing. And I think we're doing a pretty good job on picking the right door based on our probability statistics. The majority is always right. And that is something that will <laughs> never get wrong in America. Oh my god. Okay, so this one is not a PhD. The first non-PhD we've had, but he's still a professor at Western State College. Uh, you are the GOAT! Exclamation point. <laughs> That's okay. I like that. Was that not a compliment back then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back then it wasn't greatest of all that was time. like calling her a donkey? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't uh, G-O-A-T with like uh, points after every letter. Period. Mm -hmm. Periods, as we would call them. <laughs> Those little black circles? You see them sometimes in like them book things. And then book things, I try to I try to avoid them anytime I see them. Okay, and then we have uh, just a guy from Sun River, Oregon. Maybe women look maybe women look at math problems differently than men. That actually might be true, and that might be like an important part of why diversity is important in like a, a staff of mathematicians. And so she spent three columns trying to explain to people why she was, you know, like you know, just so this is very much like a history told history found the right answer, like when people finally got on the consensus. of Well, it. she spent three columns trying to explain to people. And uh, one person finally wrote in, I still think you're wrong. There's such a thing as female logic a year later. Wait, 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 wait. you're telling me there's a female version of the rapper logic? <laughs> yeah, but she's triracial. There's so much going on with this column. I had to scroll to figure out how to uh, get the right update because there's still more to update you on. So one of those people did have a second response after she spent the three columns uh, trying to explain to people, like really calmly and maturely trying to explain to people, mm -hmm. hey, y'all, like just listen, hear me out. I promise you this is a thing mathematicians know about. I don't know why y'all are all so upset. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Sachs who you may remember from being the gentleman who wrote to her. Oh, actually, we didn't hear Dr. Sachs. Let me find uh, Dr. Sachs' original letter to her. So Robert Sachs was a George Mason University professor in Fairfax, Virginia. Mm. You blew it. Let me explain. If one door is shown to be a loser, that information changes the probability of either remaining choice, neither of which has any reason to be more likely. To one half, as a professional mathematician, I'm very concerned with the general public's lack of mathematical skill. Please help by <sighs> confessing your error and in the future being more careful. So that's what Robert Sachs, professor of mathematics at George it's Mason so annoying. University, like, even wrote it's, it, into her. It's so crazy to think that even back then it was still couched in this, like, you're doing, like, the world a disservice. Like, I don't know why that, like, just bothers me so much. It's so crazy how many professors of mathematics wrote in to correct her. Like, it's not underfunded schools. It's not inequality. It's not poor nutrition in students of color. Nope. It's the fact that this advice column said it was one third probability to two thirds <laughs> and not one half and one half. Like, fuck off. But Dr. Sachs, one of the very few who later apologized after learning his mistake. I wrote her another letter, Dr. Sachs said last week, telling her that after removing my foot from my mouth, I'm now eating humble pie. I vowed as penance to answer all the people who wrote to castigate me. It's been an intense professional embarrassment. Mm. <laughs> so, Adrian, all these PhD, all your brothers and sisters, what else do you have to say to your community? Well, I don't know if I made this clear enough before when I was talking about the legality stuff in the last column, but I did spend yesterday reading two very long articles about academic fraud and just like how academics can 
be in just as infallible as other people. Fallible. And um, just as fallible as other people. Um, Ooh, <laughs> evidence right there about the fallibility of even academics. Adrian. About the, I don't know why you're always talking about phalluses, Paul. It's a, it's a weird psychological thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think that's like a big part of the narrative of like, modern like diversity science is like uh you know you can you don't have to be the smartest person to be in science and that's a good thing it brings a d diversity of perspectives it's it can also be that if that goes to your head of what your position is you can be a real you can be a real jackass <laughs> um and I, I think that's what we saw here um in terms of hot takes i i think she did everything right and we should take a lesson from from uh mrs savant all right you want to run into our third column adrian yeah, our third column or our third segment. Our third segment. Yeah, dude, let's do it. Let's get some resolution to this episode. Adrian, are you familiar with a uh, one Mr. Uh, Donald J. Trump? This is how you started the other one, and I was tempted to use the same response, which was, no, who's she? <laughs> um, yes, I am familiar with 45. You you might have known from the other, the other time we've talked about this on pod that he, mm -hmm. I don't like to misgender people like you do. Mm-hmm. He was banned from Twitter, tragically. Before his time, mm -hmm. he had to leave us. His solution to that was to start a blog where he puts out tweet-sized blogs. It hasn't really caught a lot of attention. Well, it's caught a lot of attention, but it hasn't caught a lot of views. He is a massive figure and has made a massive impression on the American people. Oh, don't body shame just because <laughs> he's your enemy. That's really fucked up. On the American people and on the, con and the Republican Party. But... I don't think people actually care to read his thoughts on a personal blog. If they're not on Twitter, people aren't taking their time out to go to it. So despite the fact that it hasn't gotten a lot of traction, I do think it is a resolution to his Twitter banning that he now has a new platform to speak on. From the desk of Donald J. Trump, his blog, I thought we would go through and we'd see what he's saying because it honestly hasn't gotten as much media attention as you'd expect. It's gotten attention that it exists, but people aren't like commenting as much on the individual crazy things he says on the blog. I think that's good. Yeah, it's probably a good thing. So yeah. let's ruin that by being a little bit of media attention for this blog. Yeah. Okay, so we will start at one he tweeted. You legally cannot say tweeted. <laughs> Okay, so he blogged. Now everyone is agreeing that I was right when it when I very early on called Wuhan as the source of COVID-19, sometimes referred to as the China virus. To me, it was obvious from the beginning, but I was badly criticized, as usual. Now they're all saying he was right. Thank you! Exclamation point. Adrian, I remember when you were saying there's no way this virus came from Wuhan. It, got, it had to come from somewhere else. That's, that's what I said. Um, so I'll let you take the main thing about this that's wrong, but for me, it's the sometimes called the China flu, as if that's not him, as if that's not, <laughs> as if that's not like a Trump original or like a Trump propagated thing. Like the, the, the way conservatives work with their dog whistles, it's like, it's so easy to deconstruct, but it gives them just enough wiggle room to be like, no, 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 no. He said it's sometimes called that. He didn't say that's what he calls it. That's not how he's referred to it in the past. Crazy joke. But yes, I'll say Oh, yeah. go ahead. Oh, uh, do you want to take the main point of that? Oh, yeah. Uh, what was the main point? Uh, oh, yeah. Nobody that... ever said it wasn't from Wuhan. Obviously, <laughs> the contention was not that it was what region of China it was from. It was whether or not they were to blame as a nation, as a mm -hmm. people. 
It is funny that he saw the criticism against him with people going, it must have been, like, from, like, I don't know, like, France or something? Like, he just thought people were upset about him saying it was from China. I mean, I think that is true, right? Where he was, like, someone in, in his administration certainly had the whole, like, why is it that we're allowed to call it the Spanish flu, but we're not allowed to call it the Wuhan flu? Liz Cheney is a bitter, horrible human being. Sorry, that was me. Uh, now I'm reading Donald Trump's uh, blog from May 12th. Liz Cheney is a bitter, horrible human being. I watched her yesterday and realized how bad she is for the Republican Party. She has no personality or anything good having to do with politics or our country. She is a talking point for Democrats, whether that means the border, the gas lines, inflation, or destroying our economy. She is a warmonger whose family stupidly pushed us to the never-ending Middle East disaster, draining our wealth and depleting Ooh. our great military. The worst decision in our country's history. I look forward to soon watching her as a paid contributor on CNN and MS MSNBC, but he spelled it MSDNC. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I clown on uh, this motherfucker so much. He's so stupid. That was pretty tight. One out of one out of twenty, yeah. he knocks it out of the park. <laughs> one out of twenty is generous, but that was that was pretty tight. God damn, dude! Have you heard okay. people complimenting Liz Cheney recently? Like it's it is crazy that Democrats are so stupid. Oh, is that the thing? Is it like welcome to the resistance? Like whenever like Cohen came over to the anti-Trump side, exactly. Yeah, that's it's it's so fucking. Dumb. I think she pulled with like a seventy percent approval rating among Democrats. Liz oh fucking God. Cheney, the person who threw her sister under the bus to win election as a for Republican being for being gay, yeah. just an absolute Dude. horrid, shitty human being. The bar is so low. All right, advice for Donald Trump, Adrian. I don't have any advice for Donald Trump. I think he's, uh, he doesn't, much like Kanye West from that one song, you know, he doesn't take advice from people mm. less successful than me. Let me make this clear so all y'all see. I don't take advice from people less successful than me. Huh? I don't think he's going to listen to me. Big fact. If somebody literally has the world record for being much smarter than everybody else, just take a second, back off, and g give it a quick double think before you write in correcting them. And my no cap is update people in your life who give you advice and things. Uh, let them do a little Bayesian updating to figure out whether or not they are doing the right thing in their advice giving. And let them know if they helped you out, which is a nice thing to do. Bye, Adrian. Bye. Bitch, I'm taking calls. No small talk. 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 Bitch, I'm taking calls. No small talk.